Hello and welcome into another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Pitch Reeves, and today we have an episode that is perfect for this recording time on a Friday afternoon. I'm talking to Patrick Morgan, community manager for Voodoo Ranger at New Belgium Brewing. Patrick, welcome in. Thank you, Mitch. Thanks for having me. I know what you all are saying. Mitch, you just got Patrick on the show because you wanted to talk about <laughs> beer. And of course, you're right. But Patrick upped the ante and actually sent me beer. So not only are we going to talk about beer, I'm also going to be drinking it, which should make for a really fun show. Plus, you all made the episode with the Stoned Gamer League, one of our most listened to episodes ever. So I have a feeling this conversation will be interesting <laughs> to you as well. Now... Before we get into the show, I think I have to crack this beer that Patrick so nicely sent me. It is the Captain Dynamite IPA. I've never tried this one. I'm going to get up next to the mic so you guys can hear this. Oh, yeah. I think I'll That's join you. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, love it. It's like ASMR for me right there. <laughs> I'm going to get my glass because, you know, like any good craft beer drinker, you got to pour it into a glass. <laughs> Using the one my girlfriend got me. It says Be Hoppy on it. It's very cute. Aw. Yeah. It's adorable. It's nice. Ooh, gorgeous color on this. This is not an ad read, I promise. Uh, this is just me loving beer and uh, being sent free <laughs> beer, so I must appreciate it. So beyond just geeking out about beer and drinking it at the same time, beer brands have also been some of the first major brands to start pursuing gaming activations, and New Belgium is no different. The Bud Light All-Stars back in 2011 even featured a Halo pro named Tyler Blevins, who would go on to become the most followed individual channel on Twitch. And since then, it's been one of the sectors that has been in gaming, but it also has some unique challenges that go along with it. So we're going to be talking about that as well. But first, for people unfamiliar with the new Belgium brand, it's one of the largest craft breweries in the U.S. and is based primarily out of Colorado. They're most famous for the Voodoo Ranger IPA and the Fat Tire Amber Ale. They're one of the breweries that's been at the forefront of the craft beer takeover over the last decade, and they've really elevated brewing to new levels. New Belgium's beers are available in all 50 states and a bunch of different countries, including Canada, UK, Australia, as well as some others if you really go looking. In gaming, New Belgium created an 8-bit video game series around the Voodoo Ranger brand. In one of those games, the skeleton logo on the bottle surfs an ocean made of beer while collecting fruits in the wave. <laughs> it's a great game. I'll link it below <laughs> this if you want to play it. It's just hilarious. Patrick and New Belgium have helped throw parties at PaxCons, at DreamHack, and with Rooster Tooth and with Rooster Teeth, among other gaming properties. And they've also partnered with HyperX and Topgolf on events around gaming audiences. So on this show, we're going to be talking about the opportunities New Belgium sees in gaming, why beer brands have a natural fitness market, and then some of the challenges with an industry that requires people to be 21 and over while partnering with often younger-aged audiences that come through gaming. So, Patrick, that was a very long intro. Did I miss anything about New Belgium's work in gaming? No, that was that was spot on. Thank you for that introduction. Oh, I finally I took that as a chance to actually try a sip of this beer, and it's delicious. <laughs> uh, what is New Belgium's perspective on gaming? Why is this an area that uh, the brand wanted to pursue as a way to connect with c- customers? Yeah, um, so I think it's kind of a interesting holistic story. Um, about four years ago in the craft industry, uh, there was a lot of waxing and waning of the market in general. And so we were looking at different markets to be in. At New Belgium, uh, we 
in general, have a very big gaming history. We have a WoW raid group since vanilla. They play in the brewery. Uh, we watch Red versus Blue in the All Staff. We have a LAN gaming like party room in the upstairs. Um, gaming has been this very big uh, encompassing involvement within the brewery. We even have a semi-pro Halo player on staff and cosplayers that work in our in our bar. And so what came about was that in craft brewing, we weren't even talking to ourselves in a market that we are actually playing in as individuals. And so what happened was like, why are we not talking to ourselves? Why are we not in this space? And why isn't craft beer in the gaming and kind of pop culture, like geekdom kind of uh, market? And so so we started to explore it. Um, and this was about four years ago. And it really kind of brought about a lot of fun within the brewery, um, kind of excitement of showing that like, oh, like, yeah, we're already here. Like, we know how to talk to ourselves. This, this totally works. Um, and so very first thing right off the bat is we approached DreamHack because uh, we wanted to play in that esports competitive side of things. Um, and I think our very first partnership ever was four years ago was uh, CSGO Open in Atlanta. Um, and from then on, we just haven't stopped. <laughs> uh, and it's exploded since. That's really cool. And I think it's it's awesome, too, to see that, you know, brands, they, we talk about uh, sort of how brands enter into gaming. And so many of them started by being like, wait, we, we are playing video games. Why aren't we trying to connect with this audience? And uh, especially as we have more and more marketers entering these major brands, we're seeing the way that gaming partnerships take form continue to evolve because they're people that are this this own audience and so they mm -hmm. really understand how to reach them how have you learned over the last four years what are some lessons you've taken away that have helped guide your strategy today uh it's really interesting because within the gaming industry as it's i especially esports i feel like it's this wild west of things when new brands are coming in um and we've gone the route of supporting um so when it comes to competitions and stuff, we've actually kind of stepped away from those things a little bit. And we've gone to supporting uh, smaller streamers, smaller communities, um, and even some esports players um, and uplifting them and their communities by providing them with meetups and stuff like that. So, so coming into this space, uh, very genuine, organic, uh, and uplifting communities and those players or streamers uh, to to a legitimate level and believe in them and bring them to these places, whether it's a PAX East, PAX West, uh, TwitchCon, whatever. Um, and in turn, growing that also, I, I hate to say the word clout. I think it's a ridiculous word, but like <laughs> growing that clout, but in a genuine way, because we're truly growing a family within the gaming industry um, and not just going in and doing a logo graveyard play. Um, we see it, I think, too much in some of the some of the marketing that goes into gaming where it's like a NASCAR car, where it's just mm -hmm. a million logos in one go. Um, we we like to actually actively play uh, with our partners, whether it be a brand or a content creator. And I think it I think it genuinely grows and shows that we can grow with those individuals. It's 
it's and that's what we've learned like we don't want to as a craft brewery we don't want to just like throw logo out there we want to be a part of the the community because that's where we are as individuals definitely yeah they're the brands that just do those logo plays i always see it and it's just looks like a brand that came from the traditional sports world where everything's about signage and sponsorship and white space and they're like mm-hmm. okay we threw our logo here we're good and, and a if- lot of other brands are entering the space and actually come with an with an idea of what they could do because there's so much interactivity. We talked about this actually on my last podcast with Mark Boyd from mm-hmm. Gravity Road. Creative marketers have a huge opportunity in this space because of the interactivity, because of how new it is and how, yeah. it, how quickly it evolves. There's a ton of opportunity for creative brands and the people that see brands that are being creative in this space, I think the viewers and the players of those games reward them. Well, and it's and the market is in a way that the only other way you can compete if you're not creative is ridiculous amounts of cash. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and a craft brewery just does not have that. So we have to get creative. Um, but at the same time, it feels good. It feels good to like, I'm able to talk to every one of our partners on a daily basis in person. Um, that feels great. Um, you don't get that anywhere else uh, if you were, you know, just doing a logo play, throwing money at a place. Um, and it, 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 it just, I think it expands that community uh, with a lot more trust as well. And, and in gaming, I think we need that. A lot of it. <laughs> I agree. I, people are, it, it's very fascinating hearing people talk about whether or not the gaming audience accept brands because people have had drastically different experiences going in where sometimes people are like oh yeah we are gaming the the people hated us they were making fun of us on twitch Mm -hmm. chat and other brands just lean into it to the point where uh one of my favorite anecdotes on this experience was esl uh what's paul brewer's title esl vp of north america or something Mm -hmm. like that uh but he was talking about a time when dhl a delivery service brand was having their their brand name chanted by the crowd d h l d h l and tell me if you'd ever see that in a traditional sports event you, never I, never once never once and it kind of just highlights that brands that understand the space and connect with the audience will actually be welcomed but you're gonna have to actually play in the space for that to work yeah you can't just go in and invade the space um it doesn't work and the the gaming market in general is wicked smart when it comes to being sold to. Um, so oh, you yeah. just don't, you just don't do it. You go into support. You don't go into sell. You go into support the thing that they love um, first and foremost. And my boss hates it when I say this, but in beer, I'm like, support the community, support the partner. Beer will come second. Every single thing you do needs to support that community. First, the product comes second, it, you know, like, as long as you can do that, you will see dividends. Yeah, it's it's always the long play versus the immediate returns, and uh, it's a it's a tale as old as, old as time with marketing, mm-hmm. uh, and one that is that is fascinating. And I agree, you definitely want the more brands that focus on the long term, the better it's going to pay off. But it, it can be hard in a corporate structure to to justify that Very that investment so. at times, and to not like throw our playbook out there, but um, when it comes to like the creative marketing and getting that junior impact and not selling, but uplifting, um, every single thing we do, like I said, community first beer comes second. Every single thing we do is to uplift whoever we're working with. Um, for instance, an example right now, 
this one is like our biggest partner we've ever had. Uh, but we've partnered up with T-Pain. Um, and oh, fantastic. We're doing a happy hour series. And what happened there is that we noticed that he was trying to uplift uh, smaller individual streamers and gamers within the community to give them more of a platform, whether it be through Twitter or whatnot. Um, and so he was trying to uplift these smaller voices that he believed needed a platform. And so what we did is we came to T-Pain and we're like, let's give you a happy hour live on your live stream that you would normally do, but you bring in someone who you think needs that stage to talk. Um, we'll provide you both with beer. You guys get to hang out and you get to give this platform, this amazing platform that you've created to someone that you believe in. And so those are like the creative things that we're trying to push forward and would love to see others do as well, because we find it much more of a holistic um, and positive uh, angle when it comes to being a partner as a brand. Definitely. If, it, if you, if our audience, if you haven't checked out T-Paid's Twitch stream yet, you absolutely should because <laughs> it's hilarious. It's just a good time. I find myself gravitating to it more and more uh, just because it, it, it's so unique on Twitch. And I think for what you're talking about here, Patrick, too, is it also, I don't want to say necessarily solves this problem, but there's this unique challenge that alcohol brands specifically have to deal with, which uh, is that the age of the audience is something that's mm -hmm. mandated uh, for a beer brand to do advertising work with. And it has to be 71.6% of the audience has to be over 21. And so when you talk about a guy like T-Pain, who's uh, quite popular with, you know, millennial generation, I suppose is the best <laughs> mm -hmm. example is he sort of has that audience built in where people remember him from the mid two thousands. You're like, okay, yeah, he probably has an audience that, that hits these, these age demos. How does that impact the partnerships you can pursue when it comes to making sure that the audience uh, reaches that percentage mark? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting and evolving kind of um, angle. I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, when we started in this space, uh, not too many people, whether it was esports teams or brands within gaming, wanted to talk to us at all. Um, understandable. Uh, the general consensus within like, pretty much all of population believes that gaming in general is a kid's thing. Um, but as someone who literally was born with a Atari controller in my hand, I can say that's a lot different than it actually is. And it is. Um, but it, it, it does prove its challenges. When we started, nobody wanted to work with us as a, let's say, esports team. Or um, a lot of content creators were a little bit leery because they did not want to alienate that younger crowd. Um, but as a lot of statistics have come out, the general viewer of esports and streaming content are much older than we'd ever imagined. Uh, they're in their thirties and they have, they have money to spend. Uh, I mean, you can see it by Twitch subs and stuff like that. You know, like I feel like as someone who's old enough to have a little bit of cash flow, like I still find it hard to throw a Twitch sub around, uh, so like when you see these individuals throwing it out there, you can see that they have money. They are older. They are established. Um, and so that goes against the whole preconceived notion that gamers and the viewers of this content are underage. Um, 
as yeah. we kind of move forward, we were able to work with events. We were able to work with after parties because that kind of guaranteed an older audience. Um, we were able to work with sponsoring stages of tournaments with much more mature games. Um, as these years have progressed, um, we have been able to approach individuals. Uh, we even have our own creator and uh, content creator partnership program under the Voodoo Ranger brand. But we've also been able to approach esports teams. Uh, we have, we have. Uh, I mean, I can throw this one out there. We we work with Hugs at Dignitas. Um, he is a Smash Melee pro, um, and he is over 21 loves beer it's i mean he has emotes of beer and whatnot and so that's how we've worked around it um a lot of these esports teams we definitely cannot partner with because half of their team is underage understandable right you know like <laughs> a lot of us who are older are definitely Face not going to be playing in esports <laughs> yeah <laughs> um whereas we've we've found a route to work with individuals instead um, and so that is how we've kind of maneuvered the alcohol angle when it comes to esports specifically. Um, when it comes to content creators, that's a little bit easier. You can definitely tell an audience um, and whose audience and who's older and stuff like that. And that's that's easier to work around. Um, and then when it even comes to conventions, we definitely don't go and just like we don't do like any Minecraft conventions or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> no Roblox happening for, no, for you guys? <laughs> not anytime soon. Uh, I mean, that, that <laughs> you know, maybe 20 years from now. Um, but even when it comes to PAX, so PAX East, PAX West, we, we do a beer lounge. We don't do like a drunken beer party. We were actually the first alcohol sponsor of a PAX ever. Um, but even then... Uh, we make sure that we're ever so slightly separated from the main hall. Um, and, and packs in general and Penny Arcade skew to a little bit more of an older audience uh, because of the history of Penny Arcade and how long that comic and that group has been around. Uh, and even to the D&D &D audience that we cater right. to there, they tend to be a little bit, a little bit older. Um, and so that's how we found our way around. Uh, even when we partner with RTX or Rooster Teeth, uh, look at how old Rooster Teeth is in general from its inception when you had to torrent red versus blue all the way to now. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was in college torrenting those things. And now I'm yeah. at an age where like, and all my friends and coworkers, we all grew up with that. And so we know the audiences we're looking at. Um, but again, you have to pick and choose. It's not as easy to find the audiences one would think. Um, and even when it comes to game devs, we've we've had our our play with a lot of independent game devs um, and even bigger game developers. But there's definitely ones that do not want to touch alcohol at all, and that's fine. Um, but you got to find those ones that can and will. Yeah, it's a pretty fascinating. Uh, where people draw the line on it. And uh, it was kind of a, a big moment when League of Legends brought in Bud Light as a partner because it mm -hmm. was like, hey, actually, our audience is probably a lot older than you all thought, mostly because a lot of the League of Legends pros were around that 19, 20, 21 age, you know, could go either way. And when they brought on Bud Light as a partner, that was saying, hey, you know, actually, the most people who watch us are in their 20s. Like, this is our audience. Mm -hmm. And 
it's trending a lot older. And you mentioned Melee, you mentioned CSGO at the beginning. Those are some games, too, that uh, trend younger. You know, if you if you started playing <laughs> Melee right when it came out, you're 20. So yep. <laughs> and you're, you're getting a, there. You're seeing a huge shift in the market as well. So with League, for a really good example, is that for the longest time, uh, alcohol was pretty much forbidden. Like, alcohol couldn't touch it. Um, and and for, you know, completely understandable too, and especially because it was a very international market where it spread across so many different countries, you just, there's no way to control that, that age gap or even know what that was. Um, where as recently as about six months ago, they're starting to relax that, uh, as you can see with that sponsorship. Um, in fact, I believe the LCS has opened up um, alcohol sponsorship to the teams now uh mind you from what i understand and again this has been very flexible uh or shifting lately is that teams uh can now be sponsored by alcohol companies not during tournament play um but outside of that they can definitely be uh sponsored by alcohol team or alcohol sponsors now and so that's a huge jump um because before it was just, it was always energy drinks. It was always, you know, all those things. And alcohol couldn't play there because we just weren't allowed. Um, yeah, don't even, even get me started on energy drinks <laughs> and how we I, prioritize these yeah. things over uh, like a beer. Like, ah, it's crazy. Uh, don't, don't drink a Bud Light, but do definitely drink G Fuel for eight hours a day. Like, that'll be fine. I promise. It, it won't blow your heart up. Um, but, oh, no, but I'm like, sure. it's interesting Allegedly. to see Allegedly. the. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's interesting to see that dynamic changing. Um, and it truly does have to go along with seeing the age range of the players growing along with the games that are being competitive. Um, uh, it still is very taboo to advertise alcohol with actual competition, though. Um, sure. And I don't think any alcohol company wants to do that either. It's just not, it just doesn't feel kosher. <laughs> like, it just doesn't feel good, you know? Um, but yeah, that's where the LCS is standing. And it's really cool and really cool to see that jump and that growth that hopefully will expand to other developers and esports games and community. Definitely. Uh, circling back a little bit to talk about conventions and mm -hmm. sort of that's where one of the places you would see alcohol brands pretty consistently. Beer number two for Patrick. We love to see it. I only brought one into my podcast studio. Oh, That's no. just a foolish, foolish rookie mistake from, from young Mitch. I need a beer <laughs> fridge right next to my computer, actually. That's I work for a brewery, uh, so it's kind of natural to have one. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, talking about conventions a little bit is sort of where you would see the beer brands for for a few reasons. One, because alcohol is generally a social experience. You you like to go be around other people while you drink, although uh, playing and drinking beer is not uh, <laughs> unusual for any of us, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's also that ability to for, for the audience where, hey, okay, we're going to card people as they enter. And, you know, that's we can make sure that everybody's 21 and over and basically open up a bar setting at a con mm -hmm. uh now with covid we haven't had any conventions and i know that because i moved to las vegas right before pandemic started <laughs> and i would love to go see other humans but that has not happened uh how has your job specifically changed during this period of time and is there anything that 
you know, as you're in the convention schedule and you're going to convention after convention, right now on this podcast, we've been talking a lot about, hey, what sticks after this? Is there anything that happened during this time where you had to transition to digital uh, that allowed you to pursue some new opportunities that are going to be core parts of the brand strategy going forward, even when conventions come back online? Very much so. Uh, that's an awesome question. Um, something that with conventions, everything we've always tried to do when it's a live event is beer is a, and alcohol in general. It brings people together, uh, whether it's hanging out, whether you're sitting there playing Mario Kart together and you're just all drinking with every, all your friends. Uh, even to these conventions where we have we we build meetups for communities, whether it's a D&D group and they have a meetup for 50 people. Let's let's put that on for them kind of thing. So we're always trying to bring people together. That's always been the goal from the onset of anything we do. Um, as COVID hit, that went to a complete zero. Um, me personally, in my job, I used to go to like two conventions a month uh, and do these meetups, these community meetups or partner meetups, networking things, beer gardens, all that kind of stuff uh, that went to a zero. So the evolution that we kind of put into action with COVID is that how do we make that happen in a virtual space. And it's not been easy, um, but luckily we've been doing some of these things that we just amplified over time. And one of those things was bringing people together that we know to network or try beer. Um, that's always been kind of a thing we do at events, like bringing brand partners in to meet up. And so something we've done that will continue to be a core part of our brand is that we actually take our YouTube partners and our brand partners, and whether it's Rooster Teeth or Funhouse or HyperX or DreamHack or whatever, and we find these individuals and we bring them together in a Zoom happy hour where we do beer tastings and we talk and we hang out and they get to meet each other. And whether it's two YouTubers who are like, oh my God, I've seen your stuff, I love you, like, let's do something together. And like, oh, yeah, let's do something together. And we've seen that over the course of the year, like, evolve. Uh, even down to YouTubers, and we introduce them to a production company in L.A. And all of a sudden, this YouTuber now has a whole production facility to take advantage of. And so as beer and the in, <laughs> I want to say real life in person, uh, brings people <laughs> together, we're trying to do that virtually as well. And we've expanded that across uh, quite a few different avenues and different brands within New Belgium, but with Voodoo, it's doing it's it's really cool and showing itself really well because of who we work with. We work with gamers, we work with YouTubers, we work with Twitch streamers, and they all want to collaborate. Uh, and if we can bring brands in them for t them to meet as well, um, all the better. So that's something we've done that's shown dividends, and we are going to continue on as even if COVID ended right now we would still be doing those on a extremely regular basis that we didn't do before. I love that. And it, it does again, highlight the importance that brands do play in this space. We talked about sort of how, uh, how brands respond to, to this, but they do serve as kind of that interconnective tissue. And of course, help drive some pretty crucial revenues for a lot of our famous creators or our favorite creators. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially during this time, where we've all been so distant, trying to find ways to hang out and what feels like a normal setting has been really difficult. One thing that I've really missed is drinking games 
in particular, mm-hmm. and like Rage Cage, King's Cup, Beer Pong, <laughs> you know, the classics. Well, we created a drinking game in Among Us. Uh, oh my God, that perfect. was a go-to every weekend for like two months. Um, I mean, I have, I pulled up the rules on our Discord channel, so I'm going to read them out here because I don't have shared this with yes. the audience. So here's the Among Us drinking game from the esports uh I won't say this is endorsed by Esports Network. This is my drinking game. So we're not going <laughs> to... Uh, here are the rules if you ever want to play. We have, we've done this after a good bit of time. You get one drink when you're killed. Two if you're killed in electrical. Uh, you drink when you find the body or calling a meeting. Drink every time you say the word sus. That's a fun one. That'll get people get people going. Uh, drink once when voted out, but twice if you were not the imposter. Uh, if imposters win, this is my favorite one. If imposters win, they get to make a new rule. Oh, God. So the two people that win get to add a new rule just for that one game uh, that can be whatever they want. Um, if your sibling or your partner are killed, you drink twice uh, because we play with a lot of like... Uh, uh, couples and sometimes like my brother plays or my uh, my girlfriend's brother will play uh, and then uh, there was also another rule because people were obsessed about chess every time you said the word chess you had to drink so that was the oh my God. those are the rules specific for our group but you can adapt them yourself and once the imposters win they really allow it to take a life of its own uh, so <laughs> that's the Among Us drinky game and how uh, beer has helped us all stay together Closer how, during the how pandemic. many round, how many rounds can you make it through on that? Uh, by by an hour two by by two hours in you're sloshed. There's oh and there's no and there's not as much oversight because like when you're in a in a group environment it's like ah cheers we're all gonna drink together and so it's like everybody's uh, distant you can't see them because you're playing Among Us which would be a little bit of a giveaway. So yeah that's that's the thing but yeah by the end of it people get a little crazy the kills start coming in. Uh, just like the lights go off and just somebody's dead off off the jump. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, it's great. It, it's, a, it's a fun time. I highly recommend. I have to say we had a recent... So we, we do our creator partnership program kind of on a yearly basis. Um, and we had a new class kind of sign in on January 1st. And one of them celebrated becoming a partner by having a, a beer pong tournament virtually on Twitch. Interesting. Um, I was part of it. It worked. I hope I remember the. I hoped I remembered the last of it. Didn't really come out, but uh, it worked through Discord. It was amazing, and it totally worked. You can play beer pong virtually. Uh, you do have to all show your your table though. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. I guess you could totally. Yeah. You just put the table up and you just shoot. Uh, yeah. That 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 totally works. That's. It, I never thought about that. Now it was a blast. Now it's a little too late because now it's a full year through the pandemic i wish i thought of that back in last march but uh that does have fun i love beer punk it's always been a been a favorite game we're getting totally i knew this was gonna happen because i cracked the beer at the start of the podcast <laughs> um but i think this is the kind of content that our audience is about you know yeah when i did the stone gamer league show i was not stoned so don't Aww. don't get me on that one but um i'm sure my guest was because he he runs something called the stone gamer league so Come on, it's uh, obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's our it's our third most downloaded show ever, and for like four months, it was our most downloaded show. Oh uh, my! And I was like, well, I guess this is what our audience enjoys. So I'm sorry it took so long <laughs> to get somebody back in the Vice world, uh, the the 21 and over world, uh, back on the show, audience. 
Glad to be. <laughs> Glad to be. Patrick, we're getting a little bit off uh, off topic. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to ask you about one other thing, which is what I call the alcohol sweet spot. Uh, I have this theory, and you've probably, as some, as a gamer and somebody who works for a brewery, I'm sure that you've experimented with this as well. I believe the time, basically from the time you crack your third beer uh, till the end of your fourth is your best possible performance in video games. And I've tested this across Rocket League. I've tested this across Melee. Uh, I've tested this across Mario Kart. And I've always found that after you finish two beers, you get better at video games. And I think this is true for Beer Pog as well. To your experience, is there a sweet spot <laughs> while you're drinking where you be where it becomes a performance-enhancing drug and then eventually you fall off the cliff, you know, at, at the back end of it, but... <laughs> 100% not endorsing that you uh, compete while drinking, but I 100% agree. And actually, I think you're spot on with the, like between the third and fourth uh, is is it. Um, in fact, I think that's when you get the most creative um, oh, when agreed. it comes to. So like whether you're playing like I currently play Final Fantasy 14, Elite Dangerous, COD and Apex with like the community. Um, I'm terrible at those last two. But that's when I shine the best because I'm just like, whatever. Like, <laughs> and when you can just let go and just be like, whatever, I feel like that's when you're, when you're going to do the best. Uh, at least me in particular. But yeah, it's between three and four. 100% agree. Right. That's, that's the range. It's just, it's great. And then the second you lose it and you're like, whoa, I'm kind of not, not playing as well anymore then it's just it's just gone then you shut off ranked immediately and you just stop playing but i I have been known to (laughs) to rank up during that period of time and then stop playing and then come back the next night and jump into rank during that specific period of time and actually extended my rank by like multiple levels by by playing in the specific window jealous yeah you you gotta log off before it goes downhill real fast uh, that's just, the yeah it's, it's one it's one night where you don't log off and then you lose all the progress that you made but <laughs> uh i so we got totally beyond the pale here uh patrick i wanted to bring it back to new belgium mm-hmm. what do you want our audience to know about the work you're doing in gaming the plans you have for the future again don't need to share your entire playbook but what are some things that people you want our audience to look out for when it comes to new belgium in the gaming world yeah, um, something to look out for is, you know, we, we genuinely don't want to just explode and just throw a bunch of money out there. We're genuinely trying to grow at a small rate with smaller content creators. And and I feel like that's something that should be noted amongst other brands, um, and they should do it as well, uh, because you need that genuine connection with your your whether it's your consumer buying the product or the partners you're with and that's what we plan on doing uh we plan on growing ever so slightly every year whether it's expanding our partnership program um with our creators uh all the way to uh where we work when it comes to conventions and brands um we're for lack of a better term we're a very holistic hippie type of brewery we always have been uh, and so it just, it feels good growing that way. And I hope that people see that. And I hope that people, um, recognize us when we're starting to show up at these places, because we want to be there to support 
the the event or the gamer or anyone that's out there we're not there to just be like buy our beer huh <laughs> like we're genuinely there to play with you um and that's exactly how we want to grow and i hope that we can continue this for years to come and and be a bigger part of what anyone does out there um yeah well there, there's something to be said uh, for more brands like New Belgium in the space and New Belgium specifically in that I feel like so much of the best content, and I hope I lived up to this, uh, when streamers are cracking a few beers and, and playing other games or even podcasters, you know, the men in blazers are, are famous for cracking a Guinness <laughs> uh, before they start their show. And I hope I lived up to that by, by being more entertaining. But I think content is a lot more fun when beer is involved uh, now drink responsibly of course uh, of course but i i think there's something to be said there and having great brands in this space uh ones like new belgium that are gamers themselves and want to support it and you know you might say hey don't buy this beer but i will because i gotta say this beer was absolutely delicious the captain uh, dynamite ipa i'm going for number two it's only two o'clock on a friday oh, which my. Is a little bold a little bold, but you know what? It's a gorgeous day in Las Vegas, and I'm just going to have to send it, I think. <laughs> it's Friday. It's, it's jumping it's into Friday. the weekend. You know, I haven't done any of the other things I was expecting to do in Vegas, so having a couple beers on a Friday afternoon is probably a lot more tame than I was expecting this last year to go. So we'll, I'll give myself some leniency. <laughs> Truly, you front. are in Vegas, so... <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. It was great having you on, and thanks again for sending the beer my way. Yeah, and thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And uh, anytime, anytime you need beer, let me know. <laughs> don't don't prom- don't don't make promises <laughs> like that, Patrick. Oh, I love those oh. promises. <laughs> well, I I want to come see the uh the workspace that you were talking about as well so we got a plan to come out towards colorado uh soon we're missing the skiing here in vegas not a lot of not a lot of mountains in the desert as you might know uh so i'm sure my girlfriend and i will be headed to colorado soon and i'll be sure to hit you up when i do that you're always invited thank you very nice of you uh, to our audience, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I promise I'm not actually drunk. I just was feeling a little loosey-goosey uh, and really just enjoyed talking about beer and video games. So I hope you all enjoyed this conversation too. And I hope there were some useful business insights tucked around there as well. Uh, this will be published on Monday. So yeah, also don't think I recorded that on Monday. Uh, I recorded this on Friday. Uh, it'll be published on Monday. We'll have a Gamer Hour episode coming out on Tuesday night and then the following Friday is an interview with Scott Bednarski from Repeat. He's a longtime esports veteran and we're going to be talking about uh sort of how the history of esports and how it continues to guide esports today uh, and his particular experiences in esports. Quite similar to my conversation with Aaron Fletcher. He also works with Repeat, but there's so many experiences that happened with people back in the, uh, especially with competitive gamers from 02 to 2010, uh, that really shows where esports is, where it came from, and where it's going. So I really enjoy having those conversations when I can. You can look out for that show coming on Friday. <laughs>